Welcome, welcome to episode 16, BC Banter on the Heights, the weekly Boston College podcast hosted by myself, Brett Ryder, and Pete Collins. Today, we reviewed last week's upset win down in Raleigh. Where do we go from here? Some hoop talk, and finally, a preview of the newest edition of the Holy War. Uh, but let's hop right in. Pete, how you feeling? Well, um, I didn't see that coming. Uh, talking about the upset win. NC State ranked opponent first time in a long time true underdog victory gritty win another game where the offense made some plays behind Moorhead you know this time the defense decided to get uh, in on the fun and make a few plays themselves thankfully the special teams didn't fuck us over outside of one fumbled punt um things look good on the football field for once I'm so confused uh I've been looking forward to seeing them Kind of end the, I guess it would be eight year streak, eight or nine year streak now since 2014 of beating a top 25 team. And, you know, I was really looking forward to that. And I feel like it's so like melodramatic and confusing because it's just like we did not expect this at all. You know, the team was two and seven going into it. I'm very satisfied with it. Don't get it twisted. Like, I'm very happy that they were able to pull that off. I just, I don't really know like what to think. I wasn't expecting to think this. I wasn't, you know, and it's honestly like, it's not as satisfying because of what what's actually going on. I would have loved if we were, you know, a five or six win team and that kind of catapulted us. And that was like our marquee win of the year, Uh, like upsets passed, but you know, a win's a win. I will take it. Yeah, absolutely. uh, well, the one yeah. thing I have on that is like the anticipation wasn't there. Like if you're a decent team, mm. like you were saying, and you're going into a big matchup the whole week leading up, you're anticipating, you're yeah. thinking about it. You're kind of getting yourself amped up. Then it yeah. happens and then you succeed. And then it's like, oh, that anticipation led up to the success. And that feels mm-hmm. so much better than like, well, we're going to get blown out. And it's like, holy crap, we're not getting blown out. Oh my God, we won. <laughs> It's a little bit different. It hits different. Oh, my I, you know, Lord. I, I messed with you on that one. Yeah. So, I mean, they really had no business playing in that game. Um, you know, I really don't know how to feel about it because it's all of a sudden you look up and it's like, what do you know? They're in the game. Oh, my God, they're going to win. So it's 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 hard to feel satisfied after that. It's definitely nice. Don't don't get me wrong. I just wish that it was under better circumstances. Um, but, you know. With that said, I mean, this is the I mean, it's the third win. This is the second time on this show that we're going to be able to give out the pride stickers, um, which is cool. You know, I know we had a lot of fun doing it the first time. Um, so let's hop right into that. I'll go first. Uh, um, my first pride sticker. I think it's pretty, pretty, pretty easy to go. Um, I will go with Boston College's all time leading receiver, uh, Zay Flowers. You know, Zay, Zay had Zay Day once again, seven catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, he's steadily creeping up on the other two records, and we'll kind of get into that and, you know, see see where he falls in that other category. But, you know, really becoming their all-time, all-time leader, um, it's that's incredible. Uh all-time, all-time leading yards, you know, to beat out. Amadon, that that that's an incredible feat on, on itself. And, you know, to really have a silver lining in the season has to be that. So shout out Zay, congratulations. So that's gonna be my first pride sticker. 
It's a great pride sticker. Um, I'm going to go with another wide out on the team, Griffin Jr. Um, I know he only had one catch, but the one catch was probably the most important catch uh, of the whole game. At least at that time, it felt like it when he made it. Game winning, or at least game tying catch in the end zone. He continues to be a red zone threat. Uh, 18 receptions on the year, 234 yards, five touchdowns, which is kind of crazy. If you get 18 catches and five touchdowns, it's like a third of your catches are touchdowns. Love to see. And his brother's coming next year. So watch out for that. The brother tandem. Shout out to him, man. That's awesome. Yep. Any any more Griffins are are very, very much welcome on, on this team, I think. Local. We'll take all yep. Take all 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 the Griffin, all the Griffins that we can get. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. So I mean my second pride sticker. Um I kind, you know, I feel bad. I kind of took a dump on him last week. Uh, Jalen Gill. Um, I know you had posed the question of, you know, do I think he'll rebound? And I said, he, you know, just a definite answer. I said, he's done. Not the case, at least not in this game. This is probably one of his better games uh, since he's been at BC. Five catches, 79 yards. Um, some real, some real clutch catches too, you know, so that that shouldn't that shouldn't go unnoticed. So shout out to him for really rebounding um, when it mattered the most. So second pride sticker for Jalen Gill. I don't want to take anything away from his performance. He did muff that punt uh, and turn the ball over in a pretty key situation. But I just am out. I just I'm. It's the coach's fault at this point. He's just not good at that position. Stop mm-hmm. putting him there. You know they they took him off as a kick returner. And they just have him out there as a punt returner now, but it's it's yeah, it's just not his strong suit. No, he's a, he's way better as a wideout, and you took him away from that as soon as you put him back in the wideout position. Five catches, seventy nine yards. So I want to see him at the wideout position and just shuffle in someone else at the punt kick returner. Maybe just see what you got in someone else. It's time. Sure, sure. My second is going to Valdez. Mr. Marcus, six tackles, five solo. He had uh, two sacks, a forced fumble, fumble recovery. I think it's his best game this year um, by far, just statistical and from an impact uh, standpoint. He was all over the place. We'll get to some of the keys to the victory, but a lot of it had to do with how the defense performed in the fourth quarter. Um, And he was critical, stripping the sack, um, forcing the fumble that was was recovered by BC and um, by De Palma. Also having a sack on the next possession, too. Those are his two sacks, both coming in the fourth quarter. Really, really a clutch play by him. Uh, he was a beast. Yeah, and to stick with the uh, defense the defense here, um, mine, my, this is my third, right? Yeah, so my yep. third, my third prize sticker goes to red shirt freshman uh, Cole Batson. Uh, this, this young man has really stepped it up over the past couple of weeks. Um, I love that they're really kind of sprinkling him in there. Uh, originally a three-star recruit from California. Uh, he came in as an athlete. They, you know, obviously made him in more of like a secondary type of role. Um, you know, he's come on. He's had a real good couple games. Uh, you know, he had eight tackles against Wake. He had four more against Duke. And then he had nine tackles this week. Uh, so, this kid clearly has kind of like a nose for the ball. Uh, really, really happy to see him start to get some playing time within within this uh, youth movement per se. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. 
you're starting to see more people kind of start to get looks. Uh, it does look like he's kind of rising to the top as someone who's deserved of those looks. He's making the most of his playing time. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Cole Batson. That nine tackles uh, was tied for a team high, too. Mm-hmm. The last uh, sticker we're going to give out, you probably can guess it, Mr. Emmett Moorhead. Um, playing out of his mind, another 330-yard game. Like, on the dot, back-to-back 330-yard games, Mr. Consistent right there. 29 for 48, mm-hmm. three TDs. He did have the two interceptions, so he looked like a freshman quarterback for a couple times. Got to give him those picks. The, the picks were bad. They were misthrown, shouldn't have been thrown, weren't even really near his wide receiver, but looked great otherwise. I mean, I, I'll be critical. I think if you've been listening to our podcast, we're definitely not shy about being critical. Those interceptions were bad, but I, it was overshined by the three touchdowns and the 330 yards, especially when the run game netted negative one. It's like it was all on his back to do anything offensively, and they won the game. So, I mean, on a throw yeah. that he made. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, speaking of which, yeah, we'll edit that out. <laughs> um mm-hmm. Speaking of which, so the Emmett, the Emmett Moorhead, like sticking on topic um, with that, you know, we post the idea of the Emmett Moorhead era continues. Um, so next week we have Notre Dame um, in your. So who do you want as quarterback, uh, Emmett or Phil next week? If both are healthy. Emmett. I mean, I, I feel like that shouldn't be a Phil's easy, right? Yeah. It's like, yep. Next question. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's easy. Yeah. Cool. Same for you. Yeah, no, uh, running away, same for me, yeah. Yeah. I don't really feel like there's much to, like, note on it, per se, you know? Like, I feel why like it coach kind of speaks feel so for this one. Like, why? Because they asked him, Tuesday he does his presser. We're recording this on Wednesday. Coach said there's still a chance that Phil's healthy and sees time in the game. I mean, Why? Is it because it's Notre Dame? It's got to be. It's but I like, mean, a little I've, bit. Or he's a senior. He can like play next year. That, he can enter the just, portal and play somewhere else next year if they want. And it's funny. I was reading Notre Dame articles, like just prepping for the, the show and the, and the preview. And one uh, like a caller called into a Notre Dame show or wrote in and was like, Phil has another year of eligibility because of the COVID. He has the whole 60-year type deal. Well, everyone does mm-hmm. that. It was affected by it. And they were saying, hey, would it be worth Notre Dame picking him up if he entered back from the portal? Like, would he ever go back to Notre Dame? And, like, the the person that answered was kind of like, yeah, I don't think Phil would ever even consider it. And, and there's lots that goes into that answer. But, like, uh, you know, he can go somewhere else. Like, he – so, like, is, is these last two games, like, kind of, like, showcasing so that he could go somewhere else? Is he going to try to be a quarterback next – like, what – you know – there, there is something for Halfley to consider there from that aspect of if he's healthy, does he kind of owe him a start and a half? Like, does he give him some time, like in the second, you know, if some time in the game and take him out if it's not looking good? Like, as soon as we're down two touchdowns, you're coming out type of deal. Like, yeah. kind of make some sort of agreement. Yeah. I don't know. Food for thought. I'm trying to wrap my head around where the coach is coming from. Yeah. Almost like at this point, it's like, they're three and seven. We got our look at Moorhead. Yeah. We kind of know what we have with them. Um, so we're kind of good on that. 
let's let let's let Phil get back in there for the last two games, which I think is hogwash, dude. I don't agree mm-hmm. with I don't agree with it, but I I I guess I, I that, get that, that that's that's the only yeah that's the only thing I can really wrap my head around as to like why it would play out that way. What if he came um, back? What if Phil said I'm using my sixth year and I'm coming back and I'm going to try to battle Emmett for the starting spot next year? I feel like the, I I have a feeling they probably wouldn't let him. They'd be like, nah, dude. <laughs> Imagine. So then why start in the last two games if you wouldn't even accept them back? Yeah. I'm just guessing. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mm-hmm. mean, but my my I mean, I'm a rational guy, you know. Yeah. I think sometimes, but I think <laughs> that if they were, you know, especially after they've seen from Moorhead that they're probably like, you know, this is this is our guy. You know, like we're moving on to. with this. This guy is the future. We don't, you know, you're cooked. Let's put them up against but, each other. So yeah. Phil, Phil uh, is two and six. He lost to Rutgers and UConn, but he did upset Louisville. So like that's like his resume this year. Two horrible losses, um, and you know, a kind of an upset win. I would say against Louisville, although I love how we're saying upset for freaking. Louisville. Well, but I mean, you know what I mean. At the time, no one thought that was going to happen. Um, he's 147 for 247. That's a 59 and a half completion percentage, 1,711 yards. So that if you average it out, 213, 11 touchdowns and eight picks. Emmett in the games that he started, I didn't include some of his mop. I didn't include his mop up time. So I just included games that he started to keep it consistent against what you're comparing Phil. So he's one and one in games. He started. Uh, he in the game that he lost, though it should be noted, he only lost by one score, and that was to a, a superior team. Um, fifty six for ninety three, sixty percent, so fifty nine percent to compared to sixty percent. You're looking at kind of like the same percentage, but the yardage, uh, six hundred and sixty yards, which is three thirty a game compared to Phil's two thirteen. So he's mm-hmm. he's throwing one hundred and fifteen more yards a game at the same percentage. So you, yeah, obviously one's better than the other. Seven touchdowns to two picks. He's only four touchdowns off of Phil. And Phil started eight games compared to his two. And yeah. that seven touchdowns that Emmett has isn't including a touchdown that he threw in mop-up time. So he really has eight on the season. But, you know, mm-hmm. I was only counting the games that he started. Yeah. The thing that the thing the thing that he's gonna need to work on, which I, I think it's just him being a freshman and it's just you gotta get the completion percentage up. Um a lot of that has to do with getting sacked. The whole, like, you know, like not so much getting sacked, but getting rushed or almost sacked, you know, and having to throw it away. Or there's lots of times where he's rolling out and chucks it at his running back's feet or over, you know, and just you can't take a sack in certain situations. It's better to throw it away. So you got to attribute what 5% to that terrible O line. If you give him a decent O-line, I think you could look at his percentage increasing just naturally. Especially with the 40, 45 and 48 attempts, too. That's way more than Phil ever had in a game. Yep. They letting him sling is kind of like what that means. Go out there and throw it. Well, I'm going to – I'll bring up this point now. Um, I love the fact the way they, they've just – disregarded the run game and they're like you know what we're just throwing the ball like that's it you know they're like fuck this we can't run we're not even gonna try go out there throw the ball 50 times a game see what happens i i I honestly love that i mean if you're gonna run in 
to a negative yardage situation every time you run and you just kept doing it, what would we be sitting here saying? Will you stop yeah. that? Yeah, yeah stop running. The damn ball. Sling it, please. So they're they're kind of just respond, they're just step a step ahead in that sense. Yeah. It's like we're well, we're gonna run it. Like Broom got six carries, Garwell got four carries. Like they tried, it just went nowhere. And they're like, <laughs> all right, abandon. Just do what's working for us. Emmett's throwing. He's throwing it decent, <laughs> better than our rushing attempt. So screw this. Yeah. I love it, dude. Like, let's let's not let's I mean, let's let's not just keep doing what we can't do whatsoever yeah. and keep keep seeing if maybe we can start doing it. It's like it's week, it's you know, what what is it now? It's week 10, week eleven, yeah. week eleven. It's like, yeah, all right, we we can't run the ball. I wish it didn't take till week nine to realize that, you know. But that's Would we why be like if we that's did. why I wrote uh, Rutgers. So for the losses, right? This is just me. I said Rutgers, maybe. I said Virginia Tech, no. Uh, UConn, maybe. And Duke, no. So um, let's pose the question first for our listeners. The question was, if Emmett Moorhead was the quarterback and you just were rolling with him and this strategy of slinging it all over the field, if you went back and replayed those games, what games would have a different outcome potentially? And we listed certain games that we pinpointed on the season, and it was Rutgers, Virginia Tech, UConn, and Duke. Um, how would we have fared differently? So just now that it's set up, go back. What was what, what would you think for Rutgers again? I said maybe. Okay, Virginia Tech. No. UConn. Maybe. Duke. No. Well, because we saw it with Duke. You know what I mean. The thing. Okay, so here's the thing with Duke, right? He way over. He he exceeded expectations. You know what I mean? Like he mm-hmm. he played like he had ten weeks of um, experience going into that game. So I, you know, may, would it have been a touchdown difference? Sure, but I I just think he, if he had ten weeks, like he he was playing at the level of a kid who's been starting for ten weeks. He played phenomenal. So I think that regardless, I don't think that's a win. Um, the UConn game, I just I don't know. Like that game was just so fucking bad maybe because maybe because he actually you know would have had eight or nine weeks of preparation as a starter sure it's just in that game he looked so he didn't he did not look good but yeah so so yeah maybe maybe with that preparation could he have won that yes so if we want to swing for this hypothetical if we want to swing that for a win okay um the virginia tech game i just and it's it's isn't it crazy how bad virginia tech is Mm. like they're fucking trash, but um, I don't know that that game just that game just did not go well, dude. Um, maybe with him as a starter, it would have went different. I I just don't see it. Um, plus I I don't like the idea of sitting here and being like, yeah, all four, you know, all of these wins are gonna uh flip because of it. And the Rutgers game, same thing. The Rutgers game, I'm I'm actually more more likely to say yes to uh but also the Rutgers game was lost because of the defense at the end so I don't know I, I, I would, would you know if maybe one or two wins swing sure I go Rutgers yes um we lost by one point in that game Emmett Moorhead is a one point or more differential just take Phil out plug in Emmett you get more you get more than one point um so I'm giving us the win versus Rutgers uh, Virginia Are you Tech sure is, about that, though? Yep, yep. That's my opinion. 
um, that Emmett Moorhead gives us at least one more point in that game um, and it gives us a chance. You got to have a take, right? My take is that he wins that Rutgers game. Virginia Tech, no. Um, lost by 17. There was a lot more going on in that game. Uh, I think that they would have still lost that game. UConn, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, they would have scored more than three points. Uh, you know, I, I understand that they kind of were behind the whole game, but it felt like they were behind because they couldn't, if they had just scored like a touchdown once, that would have game, that game would have felt so much different and would have given them life. Uh, I think they would have won the UConn game, the Duke game. Um, they saw, they, they had Emmett in that game. And, and I guess the only reason we put it on our list was because he would have been experienced at that point. And with that experience and him being on our center all year, would that would that have netted them an extra touchdown so that they would have won the game or been able to push it into OT to win the game? I say no. I'm just, you know I think that if I was going to err on the side of caution, so I'm right there with you. Two, uh, two wins out of those four that they could have went another way, but that's a big swing if you think about it. And then you're 500 with a freshman quarterback. I feel a lot better right. about being five and five with Emmett under center than being yeah. three and seven with maybe Phil starting next week. It's totally different scenarios, and I'd feel a whole lot different. My only pushback, especially with like the UConn game, is that they were still trying to run the ball like a bunch of morons, dude. But maybe they wouldn't uh, have if they had a better quarterback. Maybe they like they did it out of nature of well, Phil's not giving us anything, so let's try this. Potentially. But I mean, maybe I just, I just, that's why I just don't know if it's like a definitive. Yes. I mean, probably Nothing's definitive yeah. in this hypothetical yeah. scenario. Cause it's hypothetical, yeah. you know? Yeah. I just, that's why I'm still like on the fence for it. And then did even the Rutgers game, like in the second half, Phil was terrible, but I mean, he still played, he still played pretty well in that game. Like he did, he did, he did pretty, pretty okay. Yeah. So if Phil can um, do well, imagine what Emmett could have done. I guess my only point is I just think Emmett is I better. It. You know, I I so think whatever, he's better too. I think he's better Phil too. Did Emmett could have done it better? I just think you know. I don't blame I don't blame him for that for that loss. No, per se. Three touchdowns, two picks. Average. I mean, that's what, what he Emmett did the other day, right? Yeah. And two two eighty three. So I mean, I don't blame him for that. I blame the defense for that loss. I'm. St- I still can't believe. I still can't believe that that occurred. That's crazy to me, but we we gotta we gotta move on. Um, I can't we can't, we can't relish on that. Uh, all <laughs> right, so what we, so so the key so the keys to victory. You wanna you wanna kind of uh, take the lead on this? Yeah. Well, first off, um, we put that you know there's another slow start, and we've been highlighting this. Uh, so we'll just get the criticism out of the, one piece of criticism out of the way quickly. Um, beginning of the game offense punts defense lets up a touchdown i know you overcame that deficit of the tough start and we responded on our second drive with a touch or was it our second drive we responded quickly with a touchdown in the first quarter Mm -hmm. at least um so can we please not punt our first drive one of these times and can we please just even let up a field goal on the opening drive instead of like just you know move yourself in the right direction i'd like to see better starts to the game uh, give yourself a chance to win now that we actually have like hope that we can win games. So uh, that would be nice to see. Have we even kicked a field goal yet on the opening drive? No, we just haven't scored yet on the opening drive. 
So I would I would say let's let's get a let's get a field goal. Let's start the game three three. Let's give up a field goal and kick a field goal. And that would be a huge momentum shift at the beginning. Why do we come out so flat? That would be nice. Yeah. I don't know. That's coaching. Yeah, I think so. That's all coaching. It's got to be right. Away game. It's their senior game. Come out flat at the beginning. I don't know. I, I don't want to come up with an excuse for every week when it's every week. It's every week. It's your fault. Yeah. It's alarming. I mean, you were you were able to squeak this one out, but think yep. of if you didn't come off. I mean, yeah, like think we just to go back to what we were just talking about. Think about if you didn't come off flat in those four games. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, that's but sometimes you come off flat because you have who's your leader though. Like, yeah, Phil was the leader. I'm just saying, if Emma Moorhead is the guy that we think he is, and he's rallying, maybe they're like they want to fight a little bit harder, and maybe Phil's a loser. I don't know. I don't know Bro. Phil. You know, so I don't know at all, but I just his the way he led the team, they were spiraling downward. And as soon as someone took his job, they trended upward immediately. Bro, real quick, um Emmett Moorhead's visor, it's it's fucking top notch, dude. Like that <laughs> thing is so badass. Like wow. He's got flow. He's got flow. He got a visor. He's out there just slinging the pill. Like that's our quarterback, boy. Like I, that's who I want to go into Notre Dame with. Like I, I'm about to DM half. To tell him, <laughs> let him know. I'm about to. I'm listen. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send him an email. And I'm going to say, "You abandoned the run game. You just okay. went completely pass heavy. Love that. Love Keep it. doing that. Do more of that. But more. do do that with more head with more fourteen. Head. We don't want to see five anymore. No more like, five. Like, like five's probably a good kid, but you know, this is this is shake his hand, know. pat him on the back. Dude, this isn't Pop Warner. No, sorry. You know, like we clear, dude. We're clearly we just beat a ranked opponent on the road with yeah. this kid. What are we doing? What, well, you asked me, what are we doing? Like, what did we do well? And. Honestly, a lot, I, I highlighted, I, I picked out like what the key plays were for me personally, divided them first half, second half. They're all second half plays mainly. I mean, there was a couple of key plays in the first half, but Speak it was all second it. half plays. First half plays was Moorhead responding to NC uh, State score with a touchdown pass to Zay. It's huge when you respond. They score. They scored again. You scored. It's like, all right, we're keeping this within one score. We're not letting them go up three and just making this feel like a blowout from the start. So hanging in there next drive after Moorhead throws the touchdown to Zay. I believe that touchdown was the record setting touchdown too, which gave him the yardage record, which was cool. The next awesome. drive, the defense responds with a fourth down stop on the one yard line. That's huge. If they score there, they go up two. So the defense nuts up right after that and stuffs them on the one yard line, keeping it at a one score game. Uh, mm -hmm. Those are my big highlights from the first half, but the second half, um, we already talked about it. Gil made a fumble. Uh, it looked like, ah, oh, here we go again. Starting the second half, we botched the ball, give it right back to him when we're supposed Time to, to unravel. Yeah, here we go. Um, but then the defense, five plays, 14 yards, which set up a 45-yard field goal. They did score, but to 
in those five plays that only let up those 14 yards, you, you were like, all right, you're already kind of in field goal position. We're trying to just yeah. stop you from getting the field goal. And then they have a good kicker who kicked a long one. What are you going to do? Um, yeah. I, I like that. I thought that was a good response to them. What happens next? Moorhead comes back down the field. Another touchdown to Zay. It's like, okay, we messed up, but look what we're doing. We get the ball. We're scoring, which was like, all right, boom, right back into it. I like it. Defense capitalizes yeah. on a snap. Botch snap. We jump on it. Valdez, strip stack, recovered by De Palma. So turnover, turnover. I don't know if you can call the first one a turnover. They botched that snap. We just capitalized on it. But that's what a good defense does. They jump on that ball yeah. when it's on the on the ground. Next time out after Valdez strip sacks, another sack by Valdez to push them back to third and 22. Oh, BC, here they come, though. Targeting call gives NC State the first down, right? Like, and you're, and you're in another one of the, here we go again. BC can't have nice things, right? Third and 22, yeah. finally get them backed up. And, of course, we're going to target on a The quarterback was sliding, making it fourth down, like giving it up. And we target. It's like, what are we doing? Oh, I got so frustrated. I yelled out loud at that game. But what happens? Elijah Jones picks the ball off. It's like, nice. It's just like these things just kept happening. We're like, nice. Yes, go. 247 left in the game. BC's down six points. Two first down passes to Takis. One to Dino. Sets them up first and 10 with 43 seconds left to timeout from the 14-yard line. You're just sitting there going, this is so awesome. We're in a game and we could win it. We're on the 14-yard line, and it looks like we lost the game, but NC State, big penalty. TD pass to Griffin. We make Thank God we made the extra point. I was sitting there going, watch this. Nah. watch this extra point go 25 feet left or something i was thinking this, i was thinking the same thing oh i was sitting there going please it's not like just because the touchdown pass was caught I'm like it's not over we still have to kick the ball and that's just as hard um we make for it us. though i rejoice but then i'm like watch this watch this backyard play go for a touchdown or something like i had like no hope and i was just like so mad at you know i just was the whole time i was like there's no way this is going to work out for us but then when it did it was such a sigh of release uh game mm -hmm. over but th those are my mm -hmm. key plays right like those are just some huge plays interceptions strip sacks fumble recoveries touchdown passes when you need them i mean that is how a football team plays yeah even if we lost that let's just say they blocked that extra point and returned it and they won the game i'd be like man we fought as hard as we could, though, and like we were out there slinging and trying. So it feels good to be part of a team that is out there with a legitimate shot, and then you just beat a ranked opponent. First time since 2014. 2022. 14, dude. Eight years. Pretty good. That's impressive, man. That was a good Very win. Good. It's the best win they've had in a decade. Yeah. What's incredible. You think the next man. best. What, what, what's the de a decade ago? What was their win? What, what, do you think the USC win was like one of their biggest wins ever? Yeah. Here, I got a little list for you. Yeah. Tell me which ones you like the best. Um. So uh, these are the ones that I like the best. Some of these are before we were born. <laughs> uh, we beat Texas in 1976. Cool. Cool. We beat Alabama in 1983 and 1984. One of them was in Bama. Pretty cool. Um, we beat Georgia in the Music City Bowl in 2001. That was dope. Um, and that was when I was like mad young, and I and I like, didn't know any better. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're we're gonna beat Georgia. And then like they, mm -hmm. but I look back on that, I'm like, oh wow, like 
That was a lot of confidence. Holy shit. Um, some more contemporary wins. So the two, the so the, the USC 2014 win, that's a marquee win for the program. But the thing I love is the fact that probably our other two biggest wins, uh, the Notre Dame win in 93 when they were number one in the country. Hmm. That's probably our biggest. Um, another big one we had against those losers was in 2002 when they were ranked number four in the country. And we beat them when dude, they came out in their green jerseys thinking they were all hot and heavy. And then we just beat them. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, U- USC 2014, uh, Notre Dame 93 and 2002. Those are probably our biggest, biggest upsets, at least, um, all top 10 wins. Notre Dame Notre Dame was number 1 in 93 and I think they were number 4 in 2002. Interesting enough in 2000 I, I thought this was pretty interesting cuz I was kind of going through it. 2008 we had two um top 25 wins. We beat Virginia Tech mm-hmm. uh no, that was number 17 and then we went down and we beat FSU who was number 20. So I thought that was cool. That was the year after Matt Ryan and we had two two more top 25 wins. And then later yeah, was, in the year, we go play Virginia Tech and lose to them 12 to 30. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the they ACC championship. Us, yeah, they spanked us. That was, that was, I, I watched that game in uh, Courtney Hall. That's where I live, freshman and sophomore year. That was the year before you got there. Mm-hmm. I was on my lonesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's encouraging that their biggest win came against Notre Dame and they're about to play them. I That'd be cool it. to add another one to the list. Let's go. Let's kick them while they're down, dude. Yeah. Let's get after this. You know they, had a bad second had, they had a bad second half against Navy. I don't want to get into the preview. We can talk about that later. But, you know, there's yeah, it's not all trending upward for them. So let, let's go into this. Um, so d- d- let's discuss, and then we'll kind of go back. Uh, so since we're on this, discuss the impact of beating a ranked opponent. You got thoughts on that? I think the impact uh, is not so much uh, nationally. It's more like local. Yeah, definitely riles everyone. I mean, who cared about the football team? La- the other couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, only four weeks left, Brett. We only have to do this for yeah, another yeah, month. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm kind of yeah. like excited to watch this game now on Saturday. Whereas before, I was like, who cares? Let's Me too. Get, let's just get through this. Let's talk basketball or mm-hmm. something. Let's just do yeah. something else. You know, it's kind of how I felt. Yeah. But now I'm like, nope, lock back in. I want to see all yep. of these young guys. I want to see Emmett. Uh, if Phil plays, I want to see how his revenge game goes. You know, uh, I want to see a lot of things now. Um, so I think that the yeah. impact of being a ranked opponent really locally just fires everyone back up and re-energizes yes. everyone. And hopefully it does yes. the same for the team. Yeah, I agree. The, those shots in the locker room were cool. They were obviously mm-hmm. pumped up too, which is awesome to see. I just think it's so... So, uh, like, NC State, first of all, they're the worst. Uh, I say that about basically every opponent we go up against. But, <laughs> like, <hate> everyone. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're – so their fan base just sucks. They taught – like, every – you'll see every single year they have these high-ass expectations for their team, and they always fall through. They've only had one 10-win se- season in their program's history, and I think it's – amazing 
that we basically just foiled that for them. <laughs> and like, so every year they have these huge expectations. They always have these good teams and something always happens. And I'm so glad that we are the reason why that they're going to be like perpetually upset again. I just think that's so great. Um, they were trying you know, to go little... for the record of home wins too. Yeah. And we just were like, nah, chill. They they highlighted on the TV a bunch. Like if they win today, uh, they'll set history for the most yeah. road win, uh, the most home wins in a row. And they even had the balls online on social media to post like, uh, history in the making or whatever before the game almost implying like when we get through with this win we'll mm-hmm. have this record it's like yo you have to play the game first and like i kind of like if i saw it before the game i probably would have been like meh you guys are gonna yeah. win we on our own podcast last week we said that the record that bc's record already had an extra loss in it we said oh well they're two and eight we made the joke right two and eight like yeah we, we, we put it in the loss column before the game even happened so yeah, we sure even- did yeah, so they did too. And so like I get it, but they're also the team account and that's too cocky. So Yeah, you got to do better, dude. Yeah. Whoever, whoever the intern is, like you got to you got to chill out with all that. Yeah. Um what else is it? Oh, yeah, and don't 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 let it be forgot. Russell Wilson is 1 in 3 against BC in his career. Russell Wilson's hey. a loser, but like he's 1 in 3, boy. So like fuck you, Russell Wilson. <laughs> oh god what does he say at the end of his like press conferences or something like saddle up or something stupid oh broncos country let's ride yeah Yeah, let's ride let's let's ride like dog you got to put the keys in the ignition you haven't done it once all year you fucking clown he's such an asshole and then he's got the danger witch she's like it's spice. I, I don't even want to start. I don't. I, I gotta get. <laughs> you can't get on a, on a Russell Wilson. Role. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So I Hold have on, one more. I, one more impact of beating a ranked opponent. Okay. Um. Okay. Shoot. Portal. I was worried about te- a lot of guys leaving, beating a ranked opponent. Maybe mm. you get one person, two people, whatever it is. Mm. There's got to be a swing there of someone who was thinking about leaving that isn't thinking about leaving anymore. Yeah. Or vice versa, was never ever considering coming to play for us. And it's like, hmm, maybe I have to consider it. Even if they don't end up going, being in the conversation is nice. Maybe it's a lineman. An offensive one would be great. Yeah, would. That wants to nope. start off, like, you know, not a defensive one that then switches the offense. I was just going to say like- <laughs> that. <laughs> we don't want that. No, we're good. We have, an- we have enough of those. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do you have any other any other no. points on that? Sorry, that was it. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so we have I have a couple a couple questions from one of the listeners. Uh shout out Tom. Uh he posed a couple good questions that I thought mm-hmm. were, you know, kind of pertinent to this. Um, so uh, the first one, and he recognized as well. So he he clearly knows ball uh with the, the kick and punt returns. Yeah, it's probably he said. Yeah, huge problem. He said, "Do we, do we not have a speedy freshman on the bench that could help us here?" I'm looking through the roster. Well, they do. He's hurt, Coleman. Yeah, but I'm looking like I'm looking elsewhere as well, um, and it seems like there's got to be a couple of them. Like Who are you looking at CJ Burton. CJ Burton was fast as fuck coming out of high school, like. 
I I don't know what I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what happened to that boy. He's 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 not even he's not even getting burned on the defense in this in this uh youth movement. So yeah, I don't really know. So yeah, Coleman. Coleman's Coleman's like the one person, but I'm all set with the with these other uh kick and punt returners. Like we gotta we gotta figure this out. This is this is an unreal. Uh, Jalen Cheeks, another one who I think would probably return punts. Um, there's there's definitely a couple others out there that could return punts. Um, the name that I'm gonna say goes into the next question that was that was posed. I think Jaden Williams could return. Yep. He's the only kicks. one other one on my list. The two I had was yeah. Coleman. He's hurt right now. Um, yeah. kind of fits the fits the question of is there a freshman? He's you know young. Um I think he could be hurt. And the other guy I had was Jaden Williams, exactly who you said, who's kind of disappeared yep. a little bit lately. Yep. Surprisingly disappeared. Surprisingly. Uh, yeah, not too sure why. Noticeably, too. Noticeably yeah. missing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like you, yeah. you he his absence is very noticeable. And that was his other question is where has Jaden Williams gone? Um, we talked about this before. There's three um there's three, I, I guess, potential answers to that. Uh, mm-hmm. It comes down to he's hurt. Um, it's, you know, a behavioral thing or it's an academic thing. If he was injured, we would know about it. So you can kind of rule that out. And then, personal situation out there, too. So four. And I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to speculate on it being a behavioral thing. And then it's either an academic thing or a personal thing. And I don't want to say it's an academic or speculate on it being an academic thing and then have it be, you know, one of the other two. So it's like, I don't want to speculate on it, especially when we have no idea and it's not really our business to speak on that. Um, But yeah, I mean, those are the four, the four reasons. Um, you know, I hope he's okay. I think that that that's the biggest the biggest thing that comes from this. You know, at the end of the day, we're just fans, and you know, these kids have lives outside of football, bright young lives. So I hope he's okay. Um, and that's that's really all. I I don't know anything on the subject. It all I can say is that it's very noticeable that he's missing um, from these games. You know, I, I wish he was out there. I I hope he's okay. I hope he's good. I hope nothing's, you know, gone amiss or anything is actually, you know, seriously wrong. Um, but that, 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 I don't think anybody knows. No one does know. There's no, no information out there. And any article you read that's written or any tweet that you go look up, it always has. And where is he? Question mark or mysteriously mm-hmm. missing or, you know, they're all acknowledging yeah. that we don't understand where he went. Um, yeah. It, there's question marks around that. So that's a great question uh, because there is no answer right now. Yeah, there's no answer. And the only, like I said, the only thing I could say is I hope he's okay. I, I hope whatever it is, I hope he's getting the support he needs, you yeah. know, through whatever it is that that's about it. Um, yeah. If he needs any support, it could just be, he's not performing well at the game of football in practice and he's not getting reps in the game. And it's just as simple as that. You know, I hope, I, I, I hope that it's as simple as that, honestly. Yep. It seems a little bit too abrupt and and, and mysterious, though, because like, yes. why wouldn't someone just say, you know, you would think someone would be said. But again, yeah, uh, what what 
sense in speculating when we really have nothing to go off of. So we just don't know where he went. That was a question Zero. that was asked us, and we don't know. Zero. We miss him. We hope he comes back. We hope he's okay. We hope he's healthy and just kind of leave it at that. Yep. Um, Safe Flowers record chase. Let's get Man. an update, buddy. Bring I mean, us- he is he is the record holder now. That's wicked cool. You got mm. to watch the all-time reception yards leader play. Actively watch him gain those yards, too. That's cool. 2,900 yeah. yards passes it. Um, So he's chasing down some other records. Uh, Almost guaranteed barring some sort of unforeseen uh, tragedy. Zay has 189 receptions. Uh, Amidon had 191. So two to tie, three to set the record. You're looking wow. like uh, you're going to get that next uh, this, uh, this upcoming game. He has 27. Wow. We had the we had the little question mark on, on the touchdowns. I've seen it listed at 28. The website that I use, the sports reference, still has that as 29. So I guess whatever whatever you're rolling with. Uh, but Zay has 27 touchdowns. So um, very soon to be breaking that record uh, coming up as well. Um, I didn't think he was going to get that one, honestly. We when were we maybe. Start- we were iffy, yeah. We started it. I didn't think it. I didn't think he would. That's incredible. Holy yep. shit. He could be yes. the triple crown winner. Right? He could break a lot of records. There's more. 67 receptions. Um, single season 78. So he's not too far away from that either. 11 receptions. So if he gets um, you know, two six reception games, he's in the money. Uh, single season record holder as well as an all-time is cool. He has nine touchdowns. The record uh, is 10. He had nine, Flowers did, had nine back in 2020, the shortened season. So it's not like he's unfamiliar with scoring lots of touchdowns. But it would be cool for him to set the single season reception record, the single season touchdown record, um, and the single season, or in the career yards and career reception and career touchdowns. Like he would just hold five records. And then there's one more record that he could. Imagine being a one, two, three, four, five, six record holder for BC. You'd just be prolific. Um, he has 921 yards this year. The record is 1,210. So he needs 289 yards to tie. So he could pop off, you know, and go for like a buck 50 each game and get 300 yards and, and break that record. Um, that's a lot to ask out of Zay Flowers. Even what is that I, record? The single season yard record. Okay. Um, so he could break the single season TD reception and yard record this year. It, long shot for the yards. But definitely honing in on the TDs and receptions. Honing in on the TDs and receptions for career all-time as well. So just records on records on records. His, um, the first game he ever played, like his first play play from scrimmage was a um, jet, jet sweep around the edge. I remember that. It was like a 16-yard gain. It was like, ooh, what do we got here? What's this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which he, he was nine on on Kuiper's board uh, of wide receivers. Really, too low. I mean, I might be saying that ignorantly because, like, what do I know about the top eight ahead of him? You yeah. And until I look at the list and really dive in, maybe there are eight studs ahead of him. But Halfley yeah. said in his press conference, you know, uh, if NFL, NFL teams aren't looking at him as one of the best wideouts in the draft, like they're missing out on something. And yeah, yep, agreed. Which like you never know, man. Someone someone could be getting a gem in the third or fourth round, a la the Patriots. Let's go. Let go. If he even lasts <laughs> the third or fourth round, you gotta think that he's gonna go higher than that. 
AJ Dillon was projected like third or fourth round, and he went in the second, which was cool. So that's cool. Hopefully, hopefully he gets. Hopefully, he gets. You know, first at the very least, second round. That would be awesome. I would like that. I would love it. I can't wait. It's gonna make the draft a whole lot more interesting on day one it's or gonna, two. Hoping that you fun. can see him. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't really had. We haven't really had like a playmaker. I mean, AJ Dillon, sure been a couple of years but even before that it was a while mm-hmm. so yeah this will be fun um all right should we should we kind of switch gears here going going to some hoop a little hoop little hoop little hoop action so we got three games to talk about mm-hmm. two and one record we had two absolute nail biters against Jeez. some inferior opponents followed by a Home loss. Oh, first, so first of all, the opening night uh, against Cornell was a very riveting victory by the Eagles. Um, nice come from behind. Uh, I really kind of liked. I, I was saying it before too. I'm like, listen, like they typically lose those games, you know. So I was all excited. Then the next game against Detroit Mercy, one o'clock on Veterans Day. Shout out Veterans Day. Uh, squeaked that one out too. That's when I kind of started to be like, ooh, these games are a little too close. The first one, I was willing to give them a pass. The second one, I'm like, oh, this is a little bit concerning. All the while, down a couple starters, whatever. But then the loss to Maine is when I was like, well, there it is. There There's- it is. There's that there's that honky tonk bullshit loss that we come so accustomed to. <sighs> Is right. Yes. I mean, we were at the the Cornell game. That was electric. Fun game. It really was. It shouldn't have been as fun as it was, though. It should have Meaning, been like a twenty point dub, yeah. dude. We should have been cruising. I went to um I went to the the Arkansas Razorbacks game. Um mm. shout out shout out my boy Austin Oaf, uh, my homie. He actually played there. Uh but I went so I went to the football game and I went to the basketball game the night before. And they played Fordham. So it was like another, you know, one of those games where it's like you're playing some, you know, bullshit opponent, although like A10 is not too bad. But uh yeah, they blew them out and they're up like 20. And I'm I'm kind of sitting back like watching the game not really watching the game just kind of taking it all in but you know it's 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 nice when like you're absolutely blowing a team out and you're able to just enjoy it and you're like oh yeah. this is awesome you know like we're on cruise control we're eating nachos we're hanging we're laughing we're doing the chance we're getting we're getting some look at the boys you know we're seeing who's new who's hot who's good you know all this or that um and then in, in bc land you're sitting there like are we going to lose to Cornell? Are we right. about to lose to Detroit Mercy? Yeah, we're we're losing to Maine at home. Oh my god, we're we're actually going to lose to Maine at like at first I was like I was like, "Oh man, like we're going to have three straight like uh grinded out wins against these inferior opponents." And then it's like, "Oh my god, we're going to lose to them." Yeah. Tough, tough, tough look for the boys. I mean, the only thing I'll say about that game, they were down what was it four people? They were at a seven man rotation again, basically. Damar was back, but Damar is clear. Damar was clearly 
you know, it's still a little bit hurt. But uh but yeah, they're missing. Minutes. Yeah, but he didn't look right. No. Um Quentin Post. So it's, it's what Quentin Post, Donald Tand, and Prince. Those are the three that were out, correct? Yeah. And then Damar played, but Damar did not look like Damar. Um only shot five times. Yeah, he didn't look like himself. I, I I almost like wish they didn't play him in that game. I mean, that kid's got a lot of heart, obviously. Shout out his dad, Chief, <laughs> Damar Sr. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly they're very – but uh, I'm sorry, man. I'm so, I can't – I just can't give passes on um, being down people. You don't lose to an American East main team who's like 300 in the Ken Palm. But uh, – you were 20 yeah, was, point favorites over them. Yikes. It's like 20 and I'm a half. S- I'm still optimistic. Um it's why? It's just a tough look. Can you tell me why you're optimistic? It's blind, blind optimism. Yeah. I said it before the season started when everyone was so, oh, BC, this basketball, here we come. It's like, why are y'all excited for this team that won 13 games last year that has the same starting five? With injuries to start the year. And like I'm excited too. I see Prince. I see that. I'm watching that same thing. And I'm excited for him. I just don't see why we're gonna win. I mean, I predicted 15, and like I'm like nervous we might not get there. How are we gonna play against these tougher opponents when we're sliding nail biters against Cornell on the Detroit Mercy and taking an L to Maine when we're supposed to win by 20? We'll see how they do in this uh, Virgin Island tournament this weekend. And That'll be I'll, fun to watch. I'll, I'll have like a more accessible mm-hmm. uh, thing. Because my whole thing was like, yeah, they brought back all the, you know, basically virtually their whole start five. But, and it kills me, dude, because like, I feel like the people that they replaced were such big upgrades. You know what I mean? Like they got yeah. rid of Karnick. They bring in Prince, who's such a big upgrade over him. Uh, they got, they got rid of Brevin Galloway. I mean, the kid Mason, uh, Madsen, I, I don't think that he's going to get like big time minutes one, once we start playing better opponents. Maybe he will. I don't really know, but I don't think he will. But even even yeah. him, like I, I I know, but I I still think that he's an upgrade over like all the people that we lost. It just that that's where my blind optimism came from, because I thought that it was such a bigger upgrade. And on top of it, the dudes who we were bringing back, obviously that they were going to be improved. So I, I was liking the fact that this was a more veteran team uh, mixed in with some, some mm-hmm. new blood that the talent, the talent seemed a lot better than last year, but um, you know, mixed bag so far. I'm not mixed bag, underwhelming bag so far. I'm not. I'm not gonna uh, panic myself yet. Uh, that that loss was bad, but I just we'll see. This weekend will be big because I mean, George George Mason and um, Belmont. I mean Belmont. Belmont absolutely ran us out of our own gym a couple of years ago. Uh, their tournament team. So, I mean, they do have some really and, – and here we go. Like, right from here, it's like we're jumping right into some real good teams. Like, mm-hmm. now we're stepping it up, you know. And then after – so after this tournament, we're going to get a better idea of who they are and what they can do. Hopefully that they're a little bit healthier. Um, do we do we have a timetable on, on Quentin Post? No, he was in a walking boot. Mm, so, so he's probably out extended. 
Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Demar's healthier. Uh, what about Prince? Do we have any updates on him? Uh, he travel. He's traveling with them. Um, but I think he's expected to miss uh, multiple games. All right, homie, rest up. Yeah. yeah, homie, rest up. You're good. Um, we're gonna roll down there. We're gonna try. We're gonna win this trophy. Um, <laughs> it now, but now, now we're really ratcheting it up, right? We come home, we got Rhode Island right off the rip, Nebraska, Duke, you know? So it's like these these little gimme wins at the beginning of the year, yeah, they're cute, yeah, they're nice, but... They weren't even gimme, you know, bro. 70, or sorry, nine, uh, yeah, 79 to 77, squeaked that out, you know, on a buzzer beater. Detroit Mercy, 70 to 66. Then you lose by five to Maine. So it's like, ah, these are the games you want to pound them by 20 and get like and get like the walk-ons in the game to play at the end. And the, these walk-ons, like the kids at the end of the bench, like they must be so bitter. Like, bro, like these, this is this is our time. Like we're right. we're supposed to be playing in these games. I want to see Armani Mighty a little bit more. You you wrote down some of the young guys and like how do they look thus far? Like, oh, well, we don't know about him. Because he's not playing, he played what one minute in that in the in the game against Maine. Who cares? Like, yeah. can't even get any, can't assess anything off that. Um, so I want to see, I, I want to see more of him. Um, just especially with Prince being out, you know, like, all right, well, mm-hmm. there's a potential for him to play uh, some of the four there and get him in a little bit. I know he's someone's got to step up. Yeah, someone has to step up. I mean, and Bickerstaff you know? has to sit at some point, right? Uh, right, so you need, you're right. gonna need someone to collect some boards. Might as well. Give and like, him if a you're relying on Bickerstaff, like that's an issue too. You know, Bickerstaff's a great, um, you know, role player. You know, we've talked about it before. Like, he's great rebounding. He plays good defensively, but he's not. You know, he's not necessarily like a a great scorer. He so was one like for need, seven against me. Yeah, you need someone else to step up. Um, uh, you know the the Glock man, Devin McGlock McGlockton. Um. He looks he looks like he, he can play some minutes, but like you need you three do, minutes against me. You do need someone else. Is that what I played? Three minutes. Oh, he played he played pretty he played pretty extensively in the first two. I know. I don't that's what I'm trying to say. Like, what are these? We said that's we wouldn't be mad at our grandpa. Up. What are these rotations, bro? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now that we're like in it. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, yo, what's up? Like, you got you you got to do something about this, or or is this just like how we're rolling? You know? my only it's other like, criticism on, of him is is, uh, they inbound the ball and they like slowly dribble it up the court and they start every single, uh, possession, with the ball with like minus ten seconds off the clock. You notice their sets suck too. Yeah, they they kind of suck. They, like, and and that's co- they know, don't like, run you know, good the plays. Coach. No, they don't they have don't, good like, plays. They don't Transition have good their plays. Veterans. Yeah. And that's always kind of been his knock. But, like, yeah, he don't run In good game. plays, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see that's if the, it could I... improve since his second season. Yeah. Yeah, um, but but yeah you're he... right. Armani Mighty does need to play more. Yeah, get him in there. Zachary bringing the ball up. He's a good ball handler, but it seems like he doesn't have like the tempo, like push it up the court. And maybe that's not on him. Maybe that's on the coach that says, guy, get it up. Sure. And it's also, sure. he seems to have to out dribble the guy that's covering him instead of getting like a, normally in the NBA, the guy who inbounds it is huge and runs up the court with their hands up, but is like 
a moving pick almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like clears out the guard so that the ball handler can dribble it. Like give us some sort of strategy to get the ball up the court in an effective way where yeah. they other team wants to abandon their strategy of pressing Zachary every time he brings the ball. But at least that's the key thing that I picked up on in the, in the Cornell game uh, was that it they started every shot clock at like 15 seconds, which is fine, but it forces you into a tougher situation than if you had more time. And I feel like they're not really running plays through Makai enough. No, I mean, he did have a good game. He shot 17 times last game. He missed every three-pointer he shot, so I don't know how much no. more you really want to feed him. Not even just, like, feed him, but, like, run the ball through him more. Like, he's a great facilitator. Yeah. I feel – I I don't know. That's one thing I noticed is that they're not really running the ball. They're not really running their offense through him and allowing him to make plays, but – Nobody's really passing it no. all that well. No, no. And that was a big thing with Jaden is that Jaden Zachary was supposed to be, you know, and One he assist. did very well at that last year. So, like, I don't know what – I don't know what's going on. There's, you know – which is weird, right? Like, even though they have guys down, yeah. they all play – they, for the most part, all played together last year. So, it's not like this is a brand-new team or something. Their switches look bad too, which is also coaching. I don't know. There's some things that they need to iron out. Meaning, like their switches, like a there's a pick in the guardie that needs to work yeah. through it or switch the guard that yeah. will go underneath oft, often and let a three point shot up, which you need to work over the top on that situation or the situation where the forward needs to switch and there needs and it creates a mismatch, but there needs to be more clear communication on those scenarios. I feel like they get beat a lot. The game we went to, yeah. how many times did I tap you on the shoulder and go, Zachary just got beat again on a switch yeah. or look at, at them again. Yeah. I was like, come on, yeah. I keep getting beat on these switches. Like, can we, yeah. and if I'm noticing it, like I, I, you know, there's the average person. I'm maybe slightly above average because I've played the sport and, and love the sport and watch the sport. Right. But if I'm slightly, slightly above average Pete sitting in the, in the crowd watching going, man, they're not switching well on defense. The coach should have picked it yeah. up 15 minutes before me. Right. Yeah. And the other team's yeah. coach also picked it up. So now they're running plays with the pick because they're realizing a weakness the other team has. So I re- I'm 15 minutes late. The reason that it's, that I'm, it's so obvious to me, is because it's now being exposed thoroughly. So it's like, we need to win those more coaching battles where it's like, Hey, we're not switching on the picks. Well, here's the adjustment. Go make it. It eliminates it. The other coach now has to move on to plan number two because plan number one just got figured out and foiled. You know, we need more of that. How are you getting busted by a bunch of future scientists? (laughs) Like glades. My Lord. I don't know, dude. That's throw that on the list. Throw. Yeah. You know, the IUPI, DICI, whatever, that's cool. Um, uh, Albany last year, Harford, like you can go down the list and find all these shitty losses that they had. Like, I really, you know, I thought I I thought they avoided it with the Cornell with the Cornell win. I'm like, wow, like, all right, we turned it around. We're not going to lose that game this year. That was an eight point. You know, we were favored by eight points in that game. They only squeaked that one out by two. That ain't even. And then they're like, just yo, just wait a week. Maine's gonna come in here and bust you. We got like, you. what? Like why? Isn't maybe that humbled him? Isn't Maine's coach a BC guy? Or like last year he worked his, with Grant. Yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah. God, God damn, dude. Inside job. That boy busted us, dude. Battle, mm-hmm. battle of the New Balance schools, and we fucking lost. 
Who cares who makes our jerseys because they just make them for the players. Yeah, not for us. Yeah, so cool. That's the brand that makes the jerseys that the players wear. That doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Way to to blow your branding. Not even be able to have me buy it. Literally zero to me. I'll pay for it too. Yeah, you don't even sell it, so I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with that. We're going to China respectfully. Yeah. Holy War. Mm. The Holy War. Another ranked opponent. Are they? Yeah, they're 18. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, a comparable opponent to NC State. NC State was, what, 17 last week? 16? 16. 16, yeah. Fucking losers, dude. I don't know. They beat some formidable opponents this year, and... Nah, they did. They beat beat Clemson. Yeah. All right. Let us boogie. So, Boston College is 9-16 and against Notre Dame. Let us not forget that BC actually had a six-game winning streak back in the day. Uh, from 2001 to 2008, they won six games in a row. That was a lot of fun. I talked hella shit during that time period. <laughs> But since then, Notre Dame has rattled off nine wins. Uh, most recently, 2020, when there was no fans in the stands, so that shit don't count. It was also the bandana game. Uh, <laughs> Phil's revenge game. They beat us 45-31. to 31. Uh, 2019, when we had the Dazzler at the helm, they absolutely clapped us 40-7. to seven. You go back to 2017, one of my best friends on this planet, this kid, Josh James, he's got Notre Dame tatted on his shoulder. We watched that game together, and I ran my mouth, and I absolutely got pummeled for it. <laughs> and then uh, the last game I'll speak on is the 2015, when we had the dope-ass defense, and we had a walk-on quarterback and they only beat us 19 to 16 at Fenway that was a lot of fun um 1992 uh they absolutely kicked the shit out of us uh 54 to 7 that game is of note because they actually filmed Rudy which is the stupidest movie of all time at halftime of that game so if you watch Rudy you can see some maroon um colors in the stands so they can't even get that right what a bunch of losers uh moving on they got 11 national championships uh most of them were when uh you know before the world war type of deal um okay they don't they don't count they've had one since the 80s but they're like the yankees they love to tell people about that they're absolute frauds um and we'll just leave it at that uh they have 38 bowl games compared to our 28 not that much of a difference you guys are frauds uh let's see oh their bowl record they're 18 and 20 so clearly they're trash in bowl games they have seven heisman winners um we have one our heisman winners way cooler than any of their seven so that's interesting uh consensus all americans they have 105 we have 13 um 13 is a better number than 105 so fuck you uh they've to note though 105 is the most out of anyone in all of college so all americans heismans and nfl draft picks which i'm about to 
they they're they they have the most out of all th- all three categories, which is very impressive, but still uh, lame as shit. Uh, they <laughs> have five. <laughs> Yo, you know that you know that Dave Chappelle haters ball. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Every time we do an intro or a preview of the other team, it's like the haters <laughs> ball. <laughs> like Brett's like, all right, this is my moment to hate on the other team. They're first in Heisman. They're first in Consensus All-Americans. They're Yo, first they do in every... draft picks. But their number that they have is trash. 13 They do cooler. everything great. They, they're, they're just garbage. What a bunch Garbage. of frauds. They yeah, put look at 522. That <laughs> <laughs> you lost more bowl games than you won? Yeah, meanwhile, BC's 14 and 13. You know, Winning like, record. Uh, <laughs> We've won more than we lost. Yeah, 27 compared to 38. <laughs> yeah. 522 NFL draft picks. Uh, more than double all of them, BC. <laughs> most, of, most of them were all busts. Except for Joe Montana, the rest if of them half of them great. worked out, more of them worked out than BC ever got drafted. You need to chill with that. Uh, <laughs> Don't be bringing up these facts. <laughs> Brady Quinn is just absolute garbage. Let's not forget he went there. Uh, yeah, and, 70... and, and Matt Ryan, he's out there bringing teams back to victory. So, I mean, what is your Matt guy doing Ryan, versus our guy? Matt Ryan's the truth. Brady yep. Quinn's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Clausen, um, hello overrated. Uh, we we don't forget. Uh, they've had seventy first round draft picks. All of them have been busts. Uh, <laughs> ninety eight weeks at uh AP number one ranking. We've only had one, but that one week in the AP ranking was bliss. I don't even know when it was, but I'm sure it was awesome. Uh yeah. Let's see what else. What else do we have? Oh, there's more. Anything. Yes. Anything else that I could speak on these absolute buffoons on our starting quarterback is from there. Mm. Potentially our starting tight end is from there. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, let's see. Let's, let's so let's, someone gets to have a revenge game. Let's speak on that. Let's speak on that for a minute. Let's, let's, let's pull that up. Phil Dracovic. When he was coming into the year, he was feeling himself, my dude. Like, he was really, like, you know, he thought he was going to be an NFL draft pick, and he thought he was going to lead BC to victory, and he was really trying to poo-poo on Notre Dame. He Mm -hmm. trashed on Brian Kelly, which, side note, love that energy, love that from you. Love the fact that you would trash it on Brian Kelly. Brian Mm -hmm. Kelly killed someone. People, People don't talk about that enough. Look it up. It's true. Um, so yeah, at Notre Dame, he didn't really play. He only played a little bit. And then, uh, Ian Book decided to come back. So he said, yo, peace out. Y'all I'm going to the better, uh, Catholic school where our head coach doesn't accidentally kill people. Once again, look that up. It is factually true. Uh, Takis, Takis was very much a blocking tight end at Notre Dame. Uh, as come here has been, you know, featured in the offense a lot more. So definitely happy to see that. And then another little caveat, our offensive coordinator mm. was at Notre Dame last year as a tight end coach. And I think that's why Tak has followed him. So Notre Dame's trash. Hate them. Um, What do you have? Let's get a little preview of the Gold Domers. What you got for me? Cool. Yes. Um, Notre Dame. 
has their eyes set on a top 10 ranking. Uh, they're looking, that's what all the, the buzz is about. That's what they keep writing articles about. Is we want to get in the top 10. We want to get in the top 10. Uh, so let's see if BC can uh, foil their plan. I put a little stat up on our social media points per quarter that they score. It's kind of interesting. Notre Dame um, scores all their points like when halves are about to end. So they love to score at the end of the second quarter and they love to score at the, in the fourth quarter. They have 57 points in the first quarter, 109 in the second quarter, 38 points in the third quarter, 93 in the fourth quarter. So they're like doubling up the previous quarters that's uh, BC is pretty consistent 45 57 51 37 so a uh, big drop off in the fourth but generally average amount so uh seven and three is the record for Notre Dame this year their wins have come against California North Carolina BYU UNLV Syracuse which was ranked 16th at the time Clemson which was ranked fourth at the time and last week they beat Navy. Uh, they took a loss to Ohio State, which was ranked number two. They lost to Marshall and they lost to Stanford. Uh, when they beat Clemson, uh, they 35 to 14 two weeks ago after stomping uh, number 16 Syracuse 41 to 24. So their wins against those good teams were throttlings. 35 14, they doubled them up. And then 41 24, another ass kicking. Um, so. They kicked some good teams' ass this year. Their offense is scoring almost 30 points a game, 29.7. They love to run the ball. 253 passing attempts versus 422 rushing attempts. 253 versus 422. So, uh, Yeah, hopefully BC's line is ready for this because sometimes they can kind of get chopped up by a good run team. 195 mm-hmm. yards that, uh, per game passing, 18 passing touchdowns to seven interceptions. They've had a quarterback be injured and had to bring in a backup. So um, that's a combination of their stats. 182 rush yards a game. Ugh. Watch out. Almost 200 rush yards a game. But that's because they rush 422 times on the year. So it's a lot to do with volume. But they're definitely good at it because they get 4.3 yards a carry. And we would just love to have that occur on our team just once. 400 and Sorry. Imagine if we ran for 182 yards and average 4.3 yards just one time this year. That would be amazing. Yeah. Be unreal. That's what they do every game. Um, on nice. defense, 138 yards a game rushing allowed, 193 pass yards allowed per game. Uh, definitely a defense that you can do something on um, through the pass, uh, 193 yards. I know that can seem a little bit low, but with our good passing attack at 330, I feel like that number um, is more reflective of some teams that they beat up on. Um, or got to take advantage of BC. Uh, sorry, uh, Notre Dame. Three players to watch. They have a first round draft pick on their team, or, or who would a lot consider a first round draft pick? And Michael Mayer, the tight end, he has fifty four catches for six hundred and forty seven yards and seven touchdowns this year. Um, coach talked about him at his Tuesday presser, saying that it's the type of guy that you need to worry about him first, and then worry about everything else after. He said it's a guy you got a double coverage a lot of the time. So we'll I'm gonna hone in on him at least and see how they cover uh the the tight end position this week. He's a good blocker on top of that, too, which so they like to run off him. So they're running off him, they're passing it to him. He seems to be a catalyst. The guy he's blocking for is Drew Pine. That's the quarterback that's filling in for Tyler Bushner, maybe. I don't know how to say that guy's name. 128 for 203 attempts is Drew Pine. 
1,547 yards, 18 TDs, five picks um, out of the quarterback position. I always highlight the quarterback because the quarterback's the catalyst there, especially with a little injury occurring. So we'll see how the quarterback position plays and how they manage it. I know they're a running team, but they split their runs up amongst their running backs. Uh, they don't have like this one guy who's their, uh, you know, go-to. They definitely have a running back one and a running back one A and B, but it's not clear. It's not one guy to pay attention to. And then the last person, I always pick someone on defense, Isaiah Foskey, defensive line, 6'5". Um, huge guy, red shirt, red shirt junior. He has eight and a half sacks on the air, 10 tackles for a loss, both which are team leads, 39 tackles. He had a sack against Clemson, one and a half sacks against Syracuse. Uh, you know, our offensive line, I don't need to go through it. Um, anyone that is having success against other teams, offensive lines is almost guaranteed to have success against our offensive line. So, um, look for Isaiah to be in our backfield all game. Those are our three guys, the tight end, the quarterback, and a defensive lineman. Love it. They all suck. Just stay consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last all week right. we went 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the bets. First time we've ever had a push. 41 was the overrun. So the line moved. Uh, like what it actually was versus what we picked against was different. It was 41 when we picked, and that's uh, how many points were scored. So that's a push. Um, we took BC with the points. BC won. That's easy. But we also picked NC State money line, which was not true. Um, so one, one, and one that game or last week. So I think you would have won some money had you followed us. Um, although money line, you would have lost. Imagine yeah. if you bet BC money line, though. That would have been a good win. I think it was like plus 700. Damn, I know. It's plus 725 this week, I think. Well, hopefully Massachusetts hurries up with their gambling apps and lets us start actually gambling real money instead of the cookies that we've been gambling uh, lately. Yeah. Yeah. This week, Sp- this week I'm go. I'm sorry. You can go first. Let's, let's give the number, though. Um, 20 and a half, 43 and a half. Uh, where you lie? Notre Dame money line, BC with the points. And I'm going to go under on the points. The only thing that I've been like debating all day is the over under. Um, I'm with you. I think Notre Dame wins. I'm with you. I think 20 and a half is way too much to give them three touchdowns, basically what you're giving Notre Dame. Um, Or, yeah, that's too, that's too much in my opinion. So I'm also taking BC with the points. The over under is where I kind of get a little, Hmm. Where do I sit? Half we talked about the flu going around or a high fever, he said earlier. I forget which one he used. Um, and lots of guys weren't practicing. And sometimes you look at that, you're like, yeah, but they've been playing all year, kind of brushed through it. But like practice is pretty important, especially when you like want a game plan. So I think that I might have an effect. I don't think they've been practicing all year, so that don't that don't matter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. honestly though, they had Halfley's talked about it at past pressers that it's hard to practice with all the injuries because how hard can you push people at practice, potentially injure them at practice and lose even more players and and not even get any return of gameplay out of them. So yeah, yeah, you might be right. (laughs) They haven't been practicing, (laughs) Um, but the flu is going around. They got the quarterback controversy. I think that if Phil's healthy, he might actually play and suck. Um, So (laughs) I'm also going to go with the under just because I don't think that this is going to be a high flying affair. 
where they're a running team too, you know, they would have to really run a ton on us to score a ton of yeah. points. So yeah. Senior day for him though. Yeah, let's 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 fuck it up for a second time in a row. Yep, two senior days. Let's spoil. You uh props. Um so do you have yeah, so I just want I just wanted to go uh and make one little declarative statement. Um oftentimes like if you go on like Bovada or whatever and you want to gamble and you want to play some props, they'll be like some pretty lame ones. So I wanted to throw a prop out there. Do you think BC will run for more yards than they average per game? Um they average sixty one yards, sixty one point four. Think they're gonna run for sixty one yards this this week? No. I think they abandoned the run again. I think they try it out at the beginning of the game. If they don't see it's there, they give it up instantly. Um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm with you on on the under there. If you were to go over under 61.4 rush yards, I think we're both on the under there. Mm. Um, but yeah, one little prop bet I thought would be fun. So we got the money line, we got the points, we got uh, money line Notre Dame points BC. We're both picking the under, and we're also picking the under on 61.4 rush yards. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Notre Dame hasn't lost a regular season game against an ACC opponent in five years. Just time to fuck it up, baby. Let's go. They also haven't lost a game in November in just as long. 18 game win streak in November. Let's go. So, lots of, that, like, you know, we need something to spoil. Like, you need some bulletin material. Throw that up yeah. on there. Yeah, let's go. Final thoughts. On this day in history. Um, so when this is airing, it's November 18th. Um, the first push button phone came out on November 18th mm. on this day in history. I wish I wrote down the year because that was kind of important in the stack here. But, that, yeah. go, but go Google it. You know, a little homework assignment for you listeners out there. Uh, go figure out what year the touchdown came out. But that started our downfall, in my opinion. Now we're all yes. sucked into our phones all the time. and like, yes. to that thing. Even me, mm. critical of it. Like, I'll be checking my phone all the time, thinking it's buzzing in my pocket when it's not. Like, we're yeah. all addicted to that shit. You can't. Yeah. Don't, if, if you say, oh, I don't, oh, I'm not addicted to my phone. Like, fuck you. You're addicted to your phone. Of course. You're. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to yourself and say you're not checking that shit all the time. Go on your screen usage thing. If it's in the hours, it's way too much. Like, I was like eight hours one day. I was like, what the hell? It's like a whole work yeah. shift I spent staring at my freaking phone. Anyway, I digress. Walt Disney released Steamboat Willie on this day, the first animated film to feature mm. sound. So that was pretty cool. Again, this That's is November big. 18th, so we're a little ahead of ourselves here because we're recording on the 16th, but you know we're doing the dance here. Um, right. Mickey Mouse came out that day. So, uh, pretty cool. Um, happy birthday, also, Mickey. Yeah, you know who else is happy birthday too? Happy birthday, David Ortiz, Red Sox legend, turns 47 on November 18th. Also, Tom Gordon, he turns 55. Uh, Warren Moon, quarterback, turns 66. Oscar Nunez, um, one of my favorite shows is The Office. So Oscar from The Office, he turns 64. He looks great for 64, by the way. Mm. Um, rapper Fabulous turns 45. And Crooked Nose Owen Wilson turns 54 himself. So um, Touch Tone Phone, Walt Disney, and a couple happy birthdays to issue out. My final thought is uh, Saturday, my boy's birthday. Uh, so early happy birthday to you, Mr. Pete. Thanks. So. Uh, hopefully we can get a nice win out of it. And mm-hmm. that, that's all that's all I got. That's what I want for my birthday. Let's spoil Notre Dame's day. Let's do it. That would love yep. nothing more for you, buddy. That'd be cool.
So we got uh, Instagram, Twitter, little TikTok action, Facebook at BC Banter Pod, uh, email uh, at BC Banter Pod at gmail.com minus the first at uh we've been getting a couple couple fan fan mailbag uh questions which is awesome keep those coming um love interacting on the social media apps as well uh once again at bc banter pod and then the email is bc banter pod at gmail.com um with that episode 16 in the books slam it shut baby All all right uh Go Eagles. Roll Eagles. I 